This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap, talk about the latest Raptors game you just finished watching. I'm your co-host, Sahal Abdi, and I'm here with Oren Weisfeld, our other co-host. And this live show is produced by, not Keon this time, it's produced by yours truly. Again, Sahal <laughs> Abdi and Oren Weisfeld. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors are defeated by the Chicago Bulls. 111 to 97, bringing the Raptors record to six and five on the NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube and the Rapcast podcast channel wherever you're watching or listening. Oren, <clears throat> let's get into the game. I mean, the first uh, comment that we highlighted for our show comes from Guru Shishi, and he says. What the hell did we just watch? I mean, yeah, that's about the theme of, of this game. The first half it was a tale of two halves. First half uh, seemed pretty competitive. The Raptors had a late run in the end of the first half. Uh, things looked competitive. Things didn't look bad uh, without Siakam. I mean, they already won a game without Siakam last night. Um, and that was with Fred Van Vliet returning. And he played a very good game uh, in the first game as well. Zach Levine did not play Orin, as you know. And uh, he was playing in this one. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't the difference. The Raptors just looked uh, uninterested in this night. Um, what did you think overall about the Raptors' performance, um, especially in the second half there where things just fell apart? Yeah. Uh, I, I thought Levine did make quite a big difference. And just the same strategy of double-teaming DeMar DeRozan every time he touched the ball didn't work nearly as it wa- as well as it did the night before. And largely because Levine was actually able to do stuff once Tamar passed out of those double teams. And so Levine, I think, made a huge difference. But no, the Raptors just didn't play well. And to be honest, this kind of felt like the first game after Siakam's injury where things looked really questionable. They didn't know who they were going to lean on. They didn't know how they were going to even play really on either end of the ball which was weird because last night we saw them play really well. And it was like, oh, I'm optimistic about Siakam being away. They, they figured out so many things. Tonight really felt like more of a first game after a big player gets injured to me. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about this later. But that gives me some room to worry about the Siakamless Raptors. But tonight... Um, yeah, like the strategy did not work to trap DeMar like that. And not enough guys, like we'll get into some of these guys, but they just, they weren't good offensively tonight. Yeah, and maybe I didn't work things properly. Zach, Zach Levine definitely did make a difference. I mean, he had 30 points. Um, he was the Bulls' highest scorer, 11 for 20. Uh, 30 points, by the way, in just 32 minutes. Um, what I meant, essentially, Orrin, was that the Raptors beat up themselves a lot of times in this game. Um, just a lot of sloppiness, turnovers. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you can, I don't know if you can really blame Nick Nurse uh, during the game, at least. I mean, you could, for sure, I agree with you when you say maybe the strategy um, going heading into the game didn't really work in terms of, um, you know, throwing all these double teams just like they did last night at DeMar, uh, forcing the other guys, you know, to beat you. And it, and it worked, obviously, in a game where they didn't have Zach Levine because when the Bulls have that secondary scorer, I mean, they're going to take advantage. I mean, they didn't have him last night, and they were relying on guys like Patrick Williams, um, you know, Dosunmu, and a bunch of other guys, Javante Green. And now it's like you have Zach Levine, who on any given night can, can drop 30, 40 points, and he did that tonight. Um, and it's difficult because now you, you go into the game, right? Starting lineup's different now with Pascal Siakam out. Um, he was obviously out with um, that the groin injury that's going to sideline him for a few weeks. Uh, Kem Birch out as well with knee soreness. So the Raptors went with Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and Christian Coloco to start the game. Obviously, again, no Pascal Siakam, but... You know, that's a, still a pretty strong starting five. I mean, you have four of your starters in there. You have Christian Coloco as well, who's basically become like the quasi-starter as well. Um, he's become that, I guess, I don't want to call him a sixth man, but that sixth starter almost um, with Pascal being out for a little while, Fred being out for a little while. And then on the other side, Oren, um, the Bulls did not have Lonzo Ball. Obviously, he hasn't played a game this season so far. Kobe White was out as well. Andre Drummond was out with a shoulder injury. So some guys are missing in this game, but I mean, now you go into it, it's a back-to-back and it's difficult because you have the home and away. These guys fly to Chicago. Uh, you're coming off a really good win. Yeah. And the Raptors just looked absolutely exhausted during the game. Nick Nurse tried everything, Oren. He went 12 deep. He tried absolutely everything. Um, yeah. What did you think, I guess, at least about Nick Nurse's uh, adjustments during the game? Yeah, well, I, I, I want to say like, Either you you view a game like this as, oh, they got tired on a second night of a back-to-back. A lot of these things are easily correctable, which I think a lot of people do. And by these things, I mean, like, the Bulls had nine offensive rebounds to the Raptors, five offensive rebounds. That's not what they want. Um, the Raptors, you know, only only had how many fast break points tonight? 13 fast break points to 16 for the Bulls. We know that's not how they want to play. So either you think... Ah, the rebounding, the fast break stuff. They'll figure that out. They were just tired, sloppy. Or you think these are kind of structural problems when Siakam is out of the lineup because he's their best rebounder to start the season. And he's he's everything for them in transition. He's almost always the guy taking the ball up the court, making decisions in transition. And so I guess you have to fall into one of two camps. Like, do they do they just solve these problems by a little more focus and a little more effort, or are these problems kind of going to persist for the next couple of weeks here with um, with Siakam out? So I think going back to Nick Nurse, that's kind of what he has to figure out. Like, do they have to change the way they play with Siakam out because he he has been so much of of everything for them, or can they keep playing the same way and just kind of hope that like effort will get them there? You know. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, looking at the team stats just down the line, you see the Raptors did cause a bunch of turnovers. The Bulls had 22 um, in this game, and the Raptors had 21 points off of those turnovers. So this is what you would expect um, on the second game of of a back-to-back, just really sluggish, kind of, um, you know, nonchalant, don't really care, turnover here, turnover there, basketball. Um, The difference is there's two main differences I can see at least 
uh, on a surface level looking at these stats, and that's the shooting. Those field goal percentage difference is a 10% difference between both teams. And then obviously the rebounds, like you mentioned, uh, the Bulls had 49 compared to the Raptors' 31. Um, and obviously, again, yeah. more rebounds come with more missed shots. But again, like you said, nine offensive rebounds to five is not is not great at all. Um, that's just more and more second chance points. Um, and a place where the Raptors struggled, like you said as well, fast break points. Only 13 in this game, not many. Yeah. Um, you would expect to see a lot more fast break points when you can force um, you know, 20 plus turnovers in a game like this. Going backwards they, though, Oren. Yeah. Go, so. Going going backwards really quickly, how this game started. Did you like anything that you saw with how the game started in the first half and or anyone in yeah. particular? Yeah, like I thought Fred set a tone and I want to talk about Fred because he really set a yeah. tone defensively. He was jumping after loose balls, doing everything. Like there was a couple of plays where, you know, they were trapping DeMar and Fred was one of the guys trapping, but he was already calling over the help because he knew where the next pass was going and it was going to Levine. So they didn't have to rotate because Fred was communicating that so early. And um, even offensively, he was getting into the paint. He was setting the tone. And I thought he had a really good start to the game. However, I really thought it started to air too much on the side of Fred hero ball and not as much as the side of like, I'm going to set up my teammates because they're realistically they're not winning games if fred tries to go like hero mode and put up 30 every mm -hmm. night they're winning games if fred gets everybody involved and then at the end of the game when we know he can starts knocking down those timely threes and that kind of stuff and tonight like four assists for fred and 19 field goal attempts 10 of them threes that's not good for me uh i think he has to air way more on the side of a playmaker with siakam out uh, because Siakam again, he's their lead. He's their lead assist guy this season. So Fred needs to take on that role. And I thought today he he was looking for his own way too much. And like Gary Trent Jr., twelve shot attempts. I don't I don't know if that's enough with Siakam out. I don't know if it is either. Um, I, I probably could confidently say I don't think it is either. Um, it's seven it's, for twelve, especially like he was efficient. Yeah, yeah. You need a lot more. Um, I think Gary Trent Jr., you have 12 shots from him, 12 shots from Ananobi, 19 from Fred Van Vliet. And you would think that's perfectly fine. But, um, and you know, I don't want to pick on any players in particular because when you lose, you know, by a margin like this, you would think it's more of a team result than a than a player result, right? Yeah. Um, Christian Coloco going two for eight. Uh, Chris Boucher going over three. And it's tough because... Warren, you, you, there's, there's, there, it feels like there hasn't been a game up until now where Chris Boucher hasn't showed up for you, um, which is why I don't want to focus too much on him because you can't expect, you know, a, a six man of the year type performance every single game from Chris Boucher. He's going to have his off nights, but can anyone else step up from the bench? And I think for me, that was the most discouraging part, just watching this game and seeing everyone get an extended opportunity. The only guy under 10 minutes in this game was Malachi Flynn. He had six minutes played. He didn't look great yeah. either. I um, want to talk Delano. about him after you're done. Yeah, yeah. Delano Banton, 10 minutes. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., he looked good at times, uh, especially in the first half. I mean, I mean the whole team. I mean, you could say that about the whole team. But, um, yeah, the, the team didn't look great. Precious Achua was a minus 16, right? Um, I don't think he played in the only... second half, honestly. Yeah. I think he got benched. Yeah, he's a minus 16 and only 14 minutes played. Uh, I know some people at least on Raptors Twitter, wanted to see him play a little bit more, even though he wasn't contributing um, offensively like 
I guess they wanted him to. He was four for six in a game like this, but um, it's it's tough. You know, even Bo Cruz, Juancho Hernan Gomez got got an opportunity to play. He played 11 minutes. That young played 10 minutes. He didn't even attempt a shot on the court, or in so. Um, it's tough that you look down this entire bench and you're and Nick Nurse is looking Terrible. for a sign. He's saying, he's saying, somebody, somebody, anybody, give me, give me a spark. Uh, they needed that spark plug and they didn't get it tonight. Um, who do you want to point out in particular for that bench? Yeah, no, you're right. The bench was terrible tonight. Um, but yeah. I, I have a rant to go on about Malachi Flynn, and this is go. just, <laughs> I've been, I, I've been trying, I've been trying. To find a role on this team, I've been trying to justify how Nick nursed him, how the Nick used him, how the front office used him, everything. But I'm officially here. They gotta let him go, man. This is just getting disrespectful. Like he's played good in the stints he's had this season. He hasn't been great or anything, but he's been fine. But they're not giving him any real fair opportunity to to play real minutes. And like six minutes on a night where everybody played, and Wancho had eleven, and Thad had to, like he's clearly at the bottom of the barrel for some reason in Nick's rotation and it doesn't feel justified to me. And it's just like, we've had three years of this now of Malachi getting spot minutes here and there. He's not going to show anything in these spot minutes. And if you don't want to give him a real opportunity to show something, honestly, let him go, like let him flourish in the wind and find a team that will actually give him a real opportunity because he's too good to play six minutes a night and, and, really garbage minutes when they're already down 15 and he's getting a, a, to run with four other bench guys and like OG and it's like please like you know and he misses yeah. one shot and then he's pulled it's just not fair to me anymore and I, I'm not even a Malachi like truther like I, I'm not even saying he's amazing or anything I'm just saying he's better than the way they treat him yeah um, definitely it's it's such a weird situation I think for Malachi because like you said, everybody played in this game. Everybody. Um, he was the only guy who got six minutes in a game where the Raptors in the second half were felt like they were down 10 to 15 points the entire second half uh, as soon as the Bulls went on that run. So, um, I mean, six minutes, I don't know. He's probably thinking, what else, what else can I do? At least give me 10, 15, something. Um, give me an opportunity to shine. Give me an opportunity to be that spark plug because you're right. I think each and every Raptor – on this bench, maybe save for Bo Cruz, just in terms of how long he's been on this team. Um, every guy has gotten an opportunity, an extended opportunity to kind of show themselves and, and yeah, even Banton their abilities, did. right? Yeah, even, Banton as well. Even Banton at the beginning of the season was getting real minutes. And I thought, okay, they don't like what Banton's going to do. Now they're going to flip it and give Malachi real minutes. And they just haven't done They've never played him in more than a half Yeah, this season. For sure. It's tough. It, it, it definitely is tough. I don't know. I don't. It's one of those situations where I think it's just, yeah, you just you try and find him a new opportunity because if he can't play in a game like this, I mean, if the only opportunity for him to truly play meaningful basketball on this team is when the Raptors are up 30 or 40 points, I don't know if he should be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially when we've seen flashes over the last couple of years of Malachi's play. Um, and his ability to, to you know, his ability as an NBA player. He's clearly not, you know, an NBA G League player. He's he's much better than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, it's tough. No, honestly, um, like, I'm I'm here, like, wave him and sign Gabe Brown. Because he doesn't have any trade value. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to pay him $5 million next year when Nick's just not going to use him. So, like, mm-hmm. wave him. Like, let him find a team and, and sign a guy 
who you can maybe use, like a three-point specialist or something. Anyways, that's all Malachi. There's your rant. That's the end. End of rant. Um, before, you know, at, the, at least I should say the end of the last game we're in um, last night uh, for the back-to-back. After the first game, DeMar DeRozan, uh, this was tweeted about DeMar DeRozan uh, by Casey Johnson, KCJ Hoop on Twitter. Um, he tweeted, DeMar DeRozan on consistent double teams. It's not frustrating at all because it's giving my teams an advantage to be aggressive, get open shots, and somebody else make the next play. If we make a couple of those shots, it changes the dynamic of how they play me. And that was DeMar DeRozan's quote um, on how Nick Nurse absolutely blitzed him last night with double teams. And in this game, they tried that, and they realized quickly that it just did not work because DeMar DeRozan has become a much better playmaker um, than years previous. Of course, we saw it in the last couple of years he had in Toronto, and that grew even more in San Antonio, and now he's in Chicago. And um, it's it's tough because – the strategy, I don't know if it should have been the same when you, when you walk into a game like this, especially knowing Zach Levine's going yeah. uh, to be back, right? So yeah. um, do you blame Nick Nurse for a loss like this, or do you feel like it's it's almost like he made a mistake and he tried everything to kind of fix that mistake by giving everyone an opportunity, and at, at one point or another, it just comes down to the players. Um, what do you think? Who do you, who, do you, who do you place the blame on? I think this is like a natural transition to Siakam because for me, I, I don't blame Nurse. I, I'm actually really worried about how the Raptors are going to survive this next couple of weeks. Uh, there's the banner. Like Nurse might have to, as of right now, he's trying to play pretty much the same way. Fred has kind of stepped into the Siakam role as far as running the team, but everything else has basically been the same way. And I don't know if you can play that way. I think Siakam is just like I wrote about this today for Yahoo. Like this isn't like last season when Siakam missed the first 10 games of the season and the Raptors kind of made do because they kind of they had all of training camp to be like Siakam's missing games. We're going to build a team around these different parts. This season, they built the team so clearly around Siakam being the number one option. His usage is 33.3%. Six percentage jump from last season. His assist percentage is number one among forwards in the league this season. That includes like LeBron James. Like he's assisting on 35, I think, percent of his teammates' baskets. So he's everything for the Raptors. And I don't think it's as easy as just, oh, we lost him. Next man up. Fred steps up. OG steps up. Scotty steps up. And we're good. Like I don't, I don't blame Nick because I don't think there's much Nick can do here. I think the way this team. Even go to the Otto Porter signing. They signed Otto Porter because that's exactly the type of player you need around Pascal Siakam to succeed in the playoffs. Um, So I just think you can't blame Nick Nurse when this whole team was built around Siakam. It's going to be really, really hard to to kind of survive without him, especially because the schedule gets really tough after this next week. Yeah, um, it's funny. We were talking about it a few games ago, how the schedule is going to get easier. And then down goes Siakam, and now everything changes, right, for the Raptors. Um, it's, yeah, like, I'll pull up the schedule. It's it's a, it's a very unique situation the Raptors find themselves in because um, now you're missing your best player. And, and Siakam was obviously their best player last season, the season prior. But now uh, Siakam taking on a whole different role, right? His, his, like you said, his usage is much higher. The Raptors are really um, treating him, and and he deserves this as well. He's been playing like a superstar. So, um, like any other team, when you lose that guy that you you rely on so much for for not just one thing. I mean, Siakam 
terms of scoring, uh, playmaking, his ability to rebound the ball. You know, Siakam would have really helped on the glass in a game like this tonight. Mm -hmm, um, exactly. Difficult, very difficult. Um, this isn't a guy who, um, let me think of a random NBA player, Rudy Gobert, who mostly gives you an elite level uh, of performance on one end of the floor, right? Defensively. Mm -hmm. Offensively, mm -hmm. can you miss Rudy Gobert some games? Sure, right? Um, yeah. I mean, he's a great screener, great roller. But you can miss a guy like that. Siakam is tough because he gives you um, borderline elite level, um, if not elite level, on both ends of the floor. Yeah. So now, now you're in a situation where, like you said, it's not necessarily next man up, but or in, um, you know, you have OG Ananobi, you have Scotty Barnes, you have Gary Trent Jr. The Raptors aren't a team that's just a superstar and a bunch of role players. I'm. Yeah. A little bit concerned, Oren, with, with one player in particular. And that might be Scotty Barnes, to be honest, because um, I've been watching him, and I don't know Oren. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it is, right, with Scotty Barnes. He looked horrible in the first half. I'm not sure if it's an injury uh, situation. You probably don't know more than me. I'm not sure if he's exhausted. There's plays, Oren, where he just looks not interested. And I know a lot of that's going to get masked, you know, with – certain plays like for example the, the 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 massive highlight dunk he had one of the better poster dunks uh we've seen oh, yeah. i think in, in raptors history i know oh, a lot I of people are underrated that, that dunk we gotta a remove lot. the banner while we show it though yeah else, yeah uh, a lot of a lot, uh, can you remove a it? lot, okay, there a lot of people are, are are underrating this dunk because it started on one player and it ended on another but considering vucevic's size his height all of that considering the fact that this was caruso and then just running right into Vucevic. This looked a lot like a Giannis-type yeah. poster. It and, just and, was and... so cool. <laughs> I think what it scares me so the most, cool. Oren, is the fact that we see Giannis do this every other night. And um, for me, this qualifies as one of the better posters, I think, in Raptors history. But like yeah. I said, I don't want to stray too far away from the topic. Um, it was a great highlight, okay. but I think this great highlights stuff. like these, highlights like these are going to mask, um, you know, a poor game from Scotty Barnes. Are you are you a little yeah. bit concerned with with Scotty Barnes um, and just his performances recently? You can put the banner back up. Um, I think when people see dunks like this, they're like, "This is what I see on Twitter." People are like, "Why doesn't he just do that every play? Why doesn't he have that aggression yeah. every play?" And I think, like, am I concerned? I'm only concerned if you're asking him to do more than they already were asking him while Siakam was playing, which they kind of. What they're probably going to do, they're probably going to ask. And yeah, that concerns me because like he's 21 years old. I just think you're asking too much of him to go guard the point guard on one team and then play make on on offense and be a scorer on offense, be a rebounder, you know, force turnovers, be in transition. They have already asked a ton of Scotty Barnes as a rookie mm -hmm. and a second year player. So to ask more of him and to ask him to kind of run the offense or be this really aggressive guy who takes 20 shots a night. Yeah, I, I think you're asking too much of him just for for how few reps he's had doing that at an NBA level. And also given that he is the type of player that that's not his natural mentality to be aggressive. His natural mentality is to find teammates. That's always how he's played. So I'm concerned in the sense that same goes with OG, same goes with Fred and Gary, all those guys to me were kind of in a perfect role playing two or three or four under Pascal. 
now you go Fred up to one, OG up to two, Scotty up to three. That worries me. Like, I think now they're in a position where they're doing a little bit too much. And that's why I'm worried about the offense. And, and you talked about rebounding. Coloco really struggled on the boards, really struggled yeah. with the fouls today. And you forget how much Siakam helps him playing the four beside him. He just cushions. There's that additional rim protection. There's rebounding. There, there's everything that Siakam makes life easier on Coloco. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm worried about everyone, I guess. He was a bit reckless tonight. He had six blocks last night, so that was really cool to watch because obviously, you know, quote unquote history for the Raptors, I guess for that Raptors rookie, but, um, he looked a little over aggressive at times. He got into foul trouble early. Like I said earlier, he was two for eight. So not, not a fantastic game from him. Um, but just going back, going all the way back, right? Because, um, Chris Boucher did play only 14 minutes. I know a lot of people uh, were, were clamoring for more minutes for him. He played 14. Um, Otto played 17. Is there anyone specifically on the bench or even in the starting lineup that you felt, mm-hmm. um, I guess, other than Malachi Flynn, because we already we already addressed that, that you felt kind of deserved more minutes? I, I feel like Chris Boucher maybe deserved a little bit more than 14 tonight. Um because he's been, at least he's proven that he can be that consistent spark plug for, for Toronto, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that Only is a little bit shots. surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, it could have to do with the fact that he's in, he had an injury and if this was a back-to-back, so maybe they're being cautious with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Precious is a guy who, if we're talking about not, not just this game, but going forward with Siakam out, like, he's going to have to step up. And I think he's capable of adding some offensive juice uh, with Siakam out, especially in transition. He's a guy who can really take it and go. Uh, And they lack those guys with Siakam out. And he only got 14 minutes. And I think he got benched in the entire second half tonight. He might've played like two minutes. Um, So I, I get the complaint, which I've seen, which is that every time he gets the ball, it seems like he's stopping the flow and he's trying to post guys up. And and there is a real reason to complain, but at the same time, I get I guess some of this goes back to like, is this a development year or is this a winning year? Like, I actually want to see Achua get those reps because if you can now add another big guy who can post up smaller guards and mismatches, the Raptors' offense just becomes better. And he has such high potential to me as a defensive player and as an offensive player that I want to see him get more reps um, and just more minutes. So I was surprised he only got 14 tonight, and I hope he I hope he inches his way, honestly, towards like 25 when, when Siakam's out here. Yeah, um, I, I probably agree with you. I think the thing with, you know, Precious Achua, he, to me, he's been one of the more frustrating players this season. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with, I don't know if the Raptors really, I, I watch him every game, game in and game out. And I don't know if it feels like they don't really have a plan for him offensively. Um, it's almost like take what you can get precious. There's going to be no kind of sets ran for you, um, you know, save for the one or two per game. I think they could be doing so much more with precious at you. And now the opportunity arises with Pascal out, um, you know, now the opportunity is, is for precious to get, you know, placed into situations where he wasn't there previous. And is there going to be um, some hiccups? Is there going to be, you know, tons of to valleys and hills? Sure. Um, but I think the Raptors are are in a place now where you, you're missing Pascal for at most 
I'd say probably a month, right? Um, yeah. In the most optimistic way, two weeks, three weeks. Um, that's probably the most optimistic yeah. outlook on it. But he's not gone for the season or half the season or anything like that. And you still have a pretty competitive team. So I think I look at this situation and I go, let's see what you can get from a guy like Precious, yeah. right? Um, let's see what you can get. Um, yeah. And, and some people would say he doesn't deserve it. And and, and and I probably would agree to to a certain extent with that. But, I mean, you don't really have a choice now because if Siakam's out and you know Scotty Barnes is, is, is going to have games where he doesn't want to shoot 10-plus times from the field, um, Precious is probably going to be that guy off the bench because, let's face it, Warren, you're not going to play 12 guys every single game. You're not going to play 11 guys every single game for Nick Nurse. You're probably going to go 8, 9, possibly 10 deep. Um, so yeah, I agree with you for sure. Precious is is that guy to, to look forward to. I think to take a larger step. Yeah, we'll see. I I just wanted to pull up the schedule because it's really easy these next four games. Like this is about as easy as it gets, and that's why it it is fortunate that in a certain way this is when he went out, not the beginning of the season. But basically, the projected date of return would be the Nets game here. And so yeah, like I'm not saying this is tank season or anything like that for the Raptors mm-hmm. they're gonna be fine but look like these next six games Siakam's gonna almost for sure miss those and then he's supposed to return around around here but that's only best case scenario best case last time he had Brooklyn a groin injury, game, right? yeah. yeah but last time he had a groin injury it was three and a half weeks so this is the two-week mark this is best case and even if he does, he's not going to be playing his best the first couple of games back because we know this with injured players. And the schedule gets really tough. Nets, Mavericks, Cavs, Pelicans, Nets. So there is a little reason to be concerned here. I'm just saying in the next month of basketball, like that's a tough schedule. Siakam's probably not going to be at his best for it. Um, but yeah, he'll be back enough, like soon enough to right the ship for sure. Uh, and and like I'm I think, still confident they'll be a playoff you, team and all you, that. If you can go back or into the schedule really quickly, I think um, when you when you look at, I think you got to go a little bit deeper, man. You got to go because uh, I don't Celtics? know. I, I'm I'm, 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 I'm probably looking at that Magic game on on December third as like a typical one month mark uh, for Pascal Siakam to get back around that one month mark. Um, possible. It is. It is the second game of a back-to-back. They do have the Brooklyn Nets on the game before on December second. Um, but I, that's what I'm looking. You know, I don't want to get you know my hopes up for him to be back uh, versus the Nets on November 23rd. Uh, you know, a couple weeks from now. But um, I mean, that would be a great, great scenario for anyone who's ever had a groin injury. They linger. They do linger. So you know, one of the worst things you could do is bring Pascal back early on a game like that November 23rd game or that November 26th game where they face Dallas for the second time in about a month. And then, you know, something happens, right? Because Pascal's the type of guy, Oren, he's going to want to go hundred percent, right? He's not the type of guy that's going to want, want, he's not the type of guy to want to go 60% or 70% when he returns to the Raptors. So yeah, me personally, I'm uh, looking at early December, late November uh, yeah. for a Pascal return. Now, Again, I don't want to repeat myself when I say the Raptors are looking for that player to step up. And Fred Van Vliet did step up tonight. I mean, maybe his teammates did it, but he did. So, Warren, I don't know if you agree with me, but we may have a Can-Am tax player in Fred Van Vliet. What do you think? 
Yeah, I think we have to by default, even though yeah, it wasn't my favorite Fred, Freddy game. <laughs> um, everyone else was just so bad that, like, yeah, we got to give it to him by default. Yeah, so. I mean, Gary was all right, but he just didn't do enough, in my in my honest opinion. Uh, but your tax tax man yeah. player of the game, your Canon tax man player of the game, is Fred Van Vliet in a game like this versus the Bulls. Unfortunately, he did come in a loss. Fred Van Vliet with twenty seven points. He was, uh, he dished out four assists. He had three rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks, weirdly enough, for the diminutive point guard. Um, and just a couple turnovers in 34 minutes. So uh, a pretty good game, at least stats-wise, from Fred Van Vliet. He is your Can-Am tax man of the game. And as you can guys can see at the top right of the screen, you see canamtax.com. They are our sponsor for the Raptors Republic and this wrap-up show, you can dial 416-243-2912 uh, to contact canamtax.com. Or you can visit the website. And if you truly don't believe myself and Orin, because we have been shouting CanAmTax for a couple of years now, uh, you can always check their Google reviews. You can always do that. I mean, if you don't believe us, you can check their Google reviews. Things are great over there, too. Um, if you are a phone person, you can dial the number. Um, or if you're a person who is like me, you just want to check out the website, check what they have. Tax season's coming up. Canamtax.com. And to reiterate one more time, your tax man player of the game is Fred Van Fleet. Um, yeah, man. Let's get out of here. Tweet as if. Tweet as if. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It's for our for our podcast listeners. We are currently at the tweet of the night point of our show, yeah. and unfortunately, Orange showing it in 120p um, for everyone to <laughs> this watch. This is Amit's fault. You like... know what? Okay, I can. Act... <laughs> You're right. Thank You're you so much, right. Amit. We really appreciate you giving us that video. Looks like we're watching it from a VCR. Yeah. Um, we thank you for yeah. that. Um, obviously, the play of the night and the tweet of the night. Comes from the Scotty Barnes dunk where he backs down Alex Ooh. Caruso and absolutely uh, obliterates um, Nikola Vucevic underneath the net. Um, probably early contention for dunk of the year for the Raptors, and it will likely at the end of the season be in contention for dunk of the year. Um, almost explodes Nikola's head on this dunk. So uh, that's your tweet of the night, and that comes from Tim and Friends. Your friends at Sportsnet, Tim and friends. That Tim was crazy. It was funny. My brother texted me like maybe a minute before this dunk, and he yeah. said, um, "What did he, he said? Brutal half from Barnes. He's looking really bad." <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then I was like thinking about how to reply to that, and then that's when he dunked this, and I was like, "Holy smokes!" That was great. Yeah, tough night. Tough night for your Toronto Raptors. That's going to wrap it up for myself and Oren Weisfeld. But before you guys leave us tonight, don't forget to like the video if you are watching live. We need you to also subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube if you haven't already, especially if you're coming here every night um, or every other game to watch Wrap Up Live. We appreciate you. As always, you guys are the lifeblood of our YouTube channel, of our show, of our podcast. We do appreciate you guys a lot. But the, le the, the least you can do for us is just leave a like for us and subscribe to the Raptors Republic channel. This was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show where your Toronto Raptors were unfortunately defeated by the Chicago Bulls, 111-97, to bringing the Raptors record to 
six and five on the NBA season. The live show was produced by yours truly, Sahal Abdi and Oren Weisfeld. That was it for us. We'll see you uh, Wednesday night, Oren? Wednesday night after the the Houston Rockets. That's a winnable game. Mm. And then everyone will say, ah, oh, their afters will be fine. But really, it's just the Houston Rockets. It's just the Houston Rockets who have an average age of Let's not years take old. anything away from that game. Let's promise yeah. right now, like, as a fan base. <laughs> Let's definitely right. not do that. Uh, so long to DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. Um, that was it. Um, hopefully, we will pull out a win on Wednesday versus the uh, Houston Rockets. See you next time.